With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? It's George Carney from Full Press Coverage, and we are here for our Full Press Coverage Washington podcast. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? We have a jam-packed uh, podcast today. I'm super pumped to uh, get, tell you about our guests. Uh, we are here with Mr. Keith Gray. Keith, how are you doing today, sir? Good, sir. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah, man. Definitely. I'm here with my man, Trevor. How are you doing today, Trevor? I'm good, man. Busy, busy, but I'm good. I'm here. Yeah, 100% busy, busy. What's up, Tony? How are you doing today, bro? Uh, very good, thanks. How are you, boys? You all seem to be on good form. Yeah, yeah man, for sure, good. man, for sure. So, guys, we have an awesome podcast today. We have three big-time guests. We have, uh, first of all, Keith Gray. Um, our perspective today, kind of with our podcast, is we want to have three different visions of the Washington football team. Uh, we want to start off with Keith and kind of talk about his perspective of this last week with the whole Sean Taylor fiasco um, leading up to the game and actually being at the game. Um, <laughs> I don't think any – Trevor and Tony – obviously, Tony didn't make it, but Trevor, did you go to the yeah. game this week? No, nah, I wasn't there. Okay, so that's awesome. So I want to hear that first-person perspective from Keith. It'll be fantastic. Um, our second guest will be on about in about 15 minutes. We have Tim Meek, who's a you know super fan on Twitter, literally has HTTR tattooed on his heart, and he's going to basically talk about being an out-of-state fan and how this whole Sean Taylor um, situation affected him. And then finally, we're going to bring it on home with the state of the team. We have Todd Pascal from the Tay and Todd podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking to him and kind of hearing about the whole football schematics and things of that nature. So um, without further ado, let's jump on into it, man. So 
We're two and four right now. Um, Washington yeah. isn't looking too pretty on and off the field. And honestly, the game on the field kind of felt at the back burner, right? It kind of felt like all the other drama leading into the week was kind of more of the bigger news. Um, I was just kind of give you guys some context at home. You know, obviously, you guys know if you guys are here in the podcast, you care about Washington football. There was a dedication to Sean Taylor. There was a retirement ceremony for his jersey. Um, it seemed kind of rushed. Um, I feel like with our team, there is kind of a distrust. Many kind of feel like it was kind of a, um, you know, pulling a blanket over the eyes of the fans, kind of distract um, for what's been going on. Um, Keith, let's hear about you, man. I know, like, you know, Keith's a fan ambassador. He's a season ticket holder. You know, Keith's got a lot of contacts with the whole team. Mr. Fan Ambassador. Mr. Fan Ambassador, the <laughs> Keith. Dude. So uh, break it down, man. Start off the conversation. We'll get it going. What a wild week that was, gentlemen. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. I don't obviously, none of us saw this coming. Listen, the everyone loves Sean Taylor. Everyone has their own thoughts. Everyone has their own opinions on how they feel on what Sean Taylor meant to them. So I never want to speak for other fans. I was, you know, generally only speaking for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it is quite 100% evident. And let me just make it clear. I am not talking as Ambassador Keith. I am not speaking as Hog Farmer Keith. I am speaking as Keith Gray, speaking the old truth, 42-year-old huh? man mm-hmm. that looks like he has gray eyebrows in this video <laughs> here, but they're really not. They're actually Still, black. you know, yeah, it's all good. Silverback, it's I all sit good. On the, I sit on the couch like everyone else. At the end of the day... We would all be dumb to think that this John Taylor ceremony was planned out. It was obviously uh, a diversion to what was going on in the news, that this team always seems to be in the news for off-the-field stuff, stuff that has happened several years ago that continues to be brought to light because no one has come out and just laid everything out on the table, taken the beating, and moved forward. So this is going to continue to happen as long as there are certain individuals within this organization. Now, let's go to the Jason Wright situation. Jason took a lot of heat for this piss-poor planning. 100% this was piss-poor planning. Mm -hmm. But I think where the real disappointment is that fans haven't been talking about as much because they're so focused on the debacle that happened is the fact that when Jason Wright came into office, what we had hoped for was that he would be a person that could stand up to Dan. It is a hundred percent in my opinion, evident that this was a diversion. I guarantee you Jason Wright is an intelligent enough, intelligent enough man to say, yo, this ain't going to fly. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And then you have your owner who is not social media based, who could care less about anything these days say, nope, you're doing it because we got to divert the attention of what's going on. And when your boss signs your check, fortunately, you don't really have a leg to stand on. So where the fan base is truly upset is here we go again. And honestly, I don't blame them for feeling that way. It's why I stayed out of those conversations. But I'm extremely upset that this fan base is so – we're so used to saying, oh, it ain't working quicker before we know. Let's get rid of them. 
Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. the guy has been here for a year and a half. He can't fix 25 plus years of bad experience. I agree with you, brother. 100%. Yeah. And that is why I took the stand that I took because all of us, we all have jobs. Mm-hmm. When we've gotten into our jobs, we've made mistakes. We've made decisions that we knew probably weren't the best decisions, but we might have been influenced by the people who sign our checks. Exactly. And we kind of kind of have to to deal with that pressure jason wright is a big boy he can handle it he don't need people like me which i'm no one to begin with let me make that clear i'm just stating <laughs> okay. as a fan just to clarify stop, <laughs> Good. just please clarify because everybody and their brother thinks that that i've got a thanksgiving plate sitting at this man's table <laughs> yeah, but it, you do <laughs> i mean so let's pause for one second, Keith. I think you brought up a really good point. And Tony and um, Turf, feel free to chime in right after this. Okay. I agree with Keith. Um, I think we were begging for transparency and openness. We, we, needed, we wanted somebody to kind of lead our team and to be authentic. And I do think Jason Wright is that. I know on Twitter, his name's kind of like Jason Wrong, and people are dra- kind of dragging his name in the mud. And I really don't like that. I think that. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like when it all comes down to it, as Keith mentioned, we are all working professionals and he got hired by Dan Snyder and Dan Snyder and Tina Snyder overlook him. So if he wants that big, nice paycheck and that nice home that he wants, and if he wants to further his career and have a reputation of, you know, not necessarily being a, I don't want to say, I'm not even going to say it. If you don't have a reputation of working with your superior and being in a good, like, you know, conjunction, you can't be undermining them. If you have an undermining relationship, then no one's going to want to hire you in the future, right? So he kind of has to do what he has to do. So I don't want to blame Jason Wright right now. Actually, I'm, I would vouch for him, and I will vouch for him on Twitter. I'm not scared to do that. Um, the, I guess Keith brought up a great point that I didn't think of as an interesting angle is that we kind of figured that maybe Jason Wright could stand up to Dan Snyder, but now we're like there is a little crack in the armor, right? Maybe Dan Snyder still is pulling the strings, and that is kind of scary. Um, Trevor, Tony, do you guys want to weigh in on any of that? What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the Twitter reactions and the footage and everything from the ceremony, I was kind of on the not fire Jason Wright, not call him Jason wrong, but I was like, yo, couldn't he be on the field at halftime? Couldn't he have, like, been a little more honest on Twitter and stuff? Yes, yeah. But then when Keith just made his point that he's only been here a year and a half, the man can't fix 25 years of bad, mm-hmm. badly, mm-hmm. badly ran organizational stuff. So, that's a very good point, Keith. And and you know, ever since that you made that point, I've seen other things. Yeah, I'm. This is all not Jason Wright. Like we all should know that. Like, no, it's not. But understand too. And understand too, gentlemen, is that he is not above criticism by any means. Right. Uh, when there's criticism that's there it, that needs to happen, it should happen. And the Sean mm-hmm. Taylor situation should happen. He took this job. He knows what he's in for. Uh, he has admitted uh, uh, professionally on Twitter that they messed up. Mm. Um, privately, he's used the term, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, he's taken accountability. And I'm just not ready to bounce from a leader because no. they made a mistake. No. I understand right. the Sean Taylor wanna... situation is, is sacred to fans. and But, you know, at the end of the day, we got to stand behind our leader this early in the game. Absolutely, and what you know, what what else was he going to do? As you guys have said already, Dan is the boss. Dan signs the checks, so mm-hmm. he was in a difficult position. He was on, he was already on firefighting mode as it as it was. Now, yeah. 
there was a lot that could have gone better with the, the ceremony itself from, from what I can gather. Um, but by the same token, uh, you know, as, as Keith just said there, he's taken some accountability publicly. You know, do you think that would have happened in the past under previous regimes? Do you think Bruce Allen would have come out and said, hey, no. guys, no. sorry? No. Well, of course not. No. You know, and at the same time, as you said already, how do you expect to change things around in 12, 18 months? He's not going to do it. He was handed a poison chalice to begin with. He's, he's turned around a lot in a short time anyway. And if nothing else, he interacts with people. He interacts with the fans. And, you know, that, that's a, a good start. And all you can ask for is a good start at this point. Now, clearly, this is a step back. But to, to, sure. you know, to have people demand to fire the guy after this is just ridiculous. Yeah. So my thing is, if it was obviously wasn't orchestrated by, by Jason and it was maybe done by the higher above, I don't care if you're trying to sweep, up, sweep something under the rug. This is Sean Taylor, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you've had... I'm not trying to sound rude or, like, like, de like demoralizing, but he's been gone for a few years. You knew this was going to there's a time of this is going to happen. So if you, like you said, you were planning it, it should have definitely been a way better production. I don't care if you got to sweep up something under the rug, distraction, it just needs to be produced better. And for me, there was a, there was two missed opportunities here. One was a chance to properly honor Sean Taylor, who is, you know, our best player for the last 25 years, you know, arguably even longer than that. The second, it was a missed opportunity to get people in the stands. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good segue. Because 100%. at the end, the end of the day, the end of the day, there was what again forty, fifty thousand in the crowd, maybe, and there would have been. Sorry, uh, Keith. Okay, there, would have been a lot, there would have been a lot more, I think, had they had a longer lead into this potentially. Well, well that's a great segue. Good job, Trevor. So let me get uh, Tim Meek on here. He's actually on the waiting in our um in our you know waiting room right now. I want to bring him into the conversation so he can kind of hear everything, kind of chime on in. So let me get him here as well. What up, Tim Meek? What's in the up, building? Tim Meek? How you doing, sir? How's everything going? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Hey Tim, how's it going? Uh, well, I'm doing fantastic. Just finished up a round of golf, so nice. No there you go. <laughs> there you go. So it's, a, it's a beautiful day out here, too, man. Beautiful. So nice. Tim, we're so just kind of give you guys some context that are listening. So Tim, me, because you know, as you mentioned, he's a super fan that lives out in Indiana. Has an HTTR tattoo on his heart. Big fan and following the team for years. Um, so so far, Tim, basically, um, you know, you were out of state. You missed the game. Uh, let's kind of touch base on that real quick. How did you feel about the whole Sean Taylor perspective being out of state and like not having the opportunity to get to the game? Well, there's a couple things. Um, you know, personally, of course, I wanted to be there. Um, mm -hmm. That's a moment that we don't get back again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a controlled. Uh, it was. It's a controlled uh, thing that they did. Uh, they had control of that situation, I guess. A lot of this stuff they don't have control of when it comes to wins and losses. Um, player personnel, that's hit and miss. Even the good teams miss on, on, on players. Mm -hmm. This was a controlled situation that they could have made spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and clearly it wasn't. It was rushed. And uh, what it did for people like me who can only go to a handful of games um, I pick those games before the season starts. It has to be planned out. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's flights and hotels and a, a lot of things that go into planning these trips. Um, I'm fortunate that I'm able to come to four games a year. There's people who don't come to or maybe have one game that they pick a year. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe there's people that haven't been to a game that in 10 years. And this <laughs> is their moment they would have been here for. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are all all things that, uh, at least with me, uh, it, it hurt not being there in the moment. But I'm I, I'm glad for the people that were there. Obviously, this was about his family, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I think that was handled well on that part. Um, they they seem to be very uh, happy and uh, and and thankful for for what the team did. Mm-hmm. But as a fan base, this was a chance to get that stadium full. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nine, uh, whatever it seats now, 78,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us to be excited about something as mm-hmm. a whole, not so much me and how this hurt mm-hmm. me there, but us as a fan base, we haven't had a moment since the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Uh, with when, when Kirk was here, and this would probably be even something better because the end result's going to be positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's not a loss at the end of the day, even though, even though if we lost the game 31 to 13, like we did, if we're all there together mm-hmm. and really putting on a ceremony yeah. and a celebration together and all being together yep. and just, that's what we have. That's all we have to lean back on at this point. And it's unfortunate that they missed a chance to, uh, to provide us with that. That's awesome perspective, Tim. I really appreciate that. And actually, I want to follow up with Keith in a moment because I know you're actually there. So, Tim, definitely, you know, missing out on the opportunity, the hotels and planning out for the event, you know, that's definitely heartbreaking. Obviously, you know, in my opinion, this whole Sean Taylor ceremony could have been a slam dunk, right? If it was planned out properly months in advance, if it was advertised, I think it would have been close to a seller. I honestly do believe that. I mean, it's, it's been hard to kind of pack Washington's um, FedEx field, but like, like hey, Sean Taylor Day, let's do this. You know, leading up to the event, maybe Thursday could have been like a you know a rally down in DC or you know meet at a yeah. Bar or it could have been like a it whole could have been, weekend. Could have been a whole weekend. It could have been really great. But um, you know, Keith, you being there to kind of describe your perspective, like was it done well? Was it done tastefully? Do you feel you're you're a big Sean Taylor fan, and I know that you have the whole helmet at home and you taped it up. Like, did you feel satisfied leaving the game? How'd you feel? I felt it was bland. I mean, before I really get into that, I wanted to circle back to we're walking a fine line. People like Tim, 100% would have been there. 100%. Okay. I 100% would have been there. 75% of the fans that's on Twitter that said that they would be there are full of shit. They just want to be outraged. Yes. Yes. Those are facts. Yes. Those are facts. And that needs to be mentioned. But Tim. He's the one that I definitely feel sorry for because he does travel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He does put his time in, and he was uh, 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 shit out of luck on this. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to, we got to be careful with saying putting fans in the stands because there's always a flip side to that. People would have said then that we're using Sean Taylor to put fans in the stands because for the first few games – it's yeah, been bad. Fair. So there's always a down there's always a downside to that too. However, I do want to bring up because I was there August 6th, okay, when they did their laser light show. Yes. That was amazing. And you want to know how fun. many people saw it? 13. Yeah. 13 people were probably in those stands that seen it. And that was money spent, but that was actually a really good laser show. Now I understand you can't do that during the daytime, but if you would have planned that at nighttime. That would have added. So my perspective of being at the game is, uh, in fact, I was actually, they were doing the video montage, and then here comes the Chiefs running out onto the field. So it caused the the crowd on the other side to cheer, and so it kind of ruined, like, that moment, too. Wow. And then, you know, 
And then you there there were a lot of other things that it just seemed like it was one of those let's just get this done, honor the family and move on. It was tasteful, but I want to take it even backwards. We're really focused on Sean Taylor here. Mm-hmm. We should have been focused on on Bobby Mitchell because that was a miss too. Yep. Bobby Mitchell was huge to this organization for several reasons other than football and they missed that opportunity to tell his story to the younger fan base that have no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea who he is, just to be quite <laughs> honest. I really don't. Well, he's the first. Well, he's, he broke and, the color and, barrier for Washington football is what he did. That's, that's I should, why I, so, I should that's know like, that, but I don't know so relevant. Yeah. yeah. And all they so, gave us was a again, patch. Um, now, not asking for a huge celebration, but that is a huge miss and a, and a uh, could have been a, a teaching moment for mm-hmm. the up-and-coming fans that don't know who he is. And then, you, you know, I had no idea that that ceremony was even happening until we were at the game. And I'm like, oh, they're retiring his jersey? That means there's going to be a Sean Taylor retirement. There has to be. Never thought it would be a couple games after, after we've heard all this unnecessary mess that's gone on off the field. Mm-hmm. So being there, it was it was appropriate. But it could have been way better. And I went home and someone had mentioned the Brian Dawkins retirement. I've never seen a retirement ceremony, so I had nothing to compare to. Mm -hmm. Right. When I saw his retirement ceremony, my goodness, what a send off. And Mm -hmm. that's something that should have been researched and happened. And it didn't. And unfortunately, here we are talking about it. And it's even worse because our team isn't good right now. So you have all of these these things happening. It's mm-hmm. legitimately doom and gloom. Now, I know I talk a lot, and I, George, I know you want to move on, and that's fine. Okay. The one thing I will say, though, is, is, is I did because, again, I want to reiterate, I am just a 42-year-old man <laughs> on a couch. I am yeah. no one special, okay? Mm-hmm. I've just gotten lucky with certain things and i do have ears that i can whisper to and i'm going to take advantage of that if right. if it's there i've done it already jason wright uh had players send a video to a terminally ill child named jalen right yeah mm-hmm. all that. I remember that. No one knows about that people the the very first question is what has jason done those are the things he just the doesn't scenes. put his name exactly. on. Those yeah, things. what he's supposed to do. Okay. Yeah. That's that's starting with changing culture, accessibility, and being there for the fans and being there for people when you can brighten their day. There is more to life than football. Mm-hmm. That's just my. Those are facts. Okay. Now, if you want to know what this guy can do, give him some more time. Yeah. <laughs> hey Keith, he's not, before, before... Allen. he's not sending booby pictures to John Gruden. Yeah, that's true, and we're man. Over here wanting to fire the guy. It's maddening. It is mad. It's, hey, so let, so Keith, before you jump off, man, let me actually um I'm gonna pose a question to you. 
It's more focused towards Tony, Keith, and Tim, and then Trevor, you can jump in on it. See, we'll start off with Tim. Two-prong question, right? So I'm actually pretty close with Rick Snyder. He's like my mentor with writing, and he helped me get into Sports Illustrated and things like that. Um, What he was telling me at first, he was like, hey, you know, I do appreciate the whole Sean Taylor ceremony. However, why do we we begin with Sean Taylor, right? Why couldn't it have been John Riggins or Sonny Jurgensen or, you know, Art Monk or Gary Clark, some of those, you know, those really Mm -hmm. iconic players that kind of set the standard for what Washington is. That's step one. And then step two, um, basically, is your confidence in the actual team shaken now? What is your confidence in Jason Wright moving forward and the organization altogether? So, Tim, if you don't mind, let's kind of approach those two questions. You can attack it any way you want. So, you know, should it was, should Sean Taylor have gone first? And how does your confidence feel about the team moving forward? I don't think there's any particular order that would have mattered to me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably fans that feel differently. But just to hit on Sean real quick, Sean was so important. His was the most important right now in the in the era that we're living in because Bobby Mitchell and Sonny Jurgensen don't hit home with me like it mm-hmm. does with my dad. Mm-hmm. Art Monk and John Riggins, they don't hit home with the 25-year-old that mm-hmm. never guys play. Mm-hmm. John Taylor is a player that everybody that's living right now and a fan of the Washington football team has seen play. Mm-hmm. That is why he, in my opinion, was the most important one to get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, now where that falls in, uh, it just I, I don't think the order matters uh, personally. I just think it needs to be planned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't know what the uh, what the right right answer is to that. Uh, as far as confidence in the organization, I mean, I can't say it any better than uh, than what uh, um, Keith, Keith just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 deserve the opportunity to succeed. Everybody's mm-hmm. expecting failure because that's all we've seen for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Let's let's just be honest. I mean, a lot of this has to do with luck, um, and we've not had it for a long time. Uh, and so much hinges on getting that franchise quarterback. We get a franchise quarterback and we're going to see things get lucky and we're going to see things start to, to turn around real fast uh, when that happens. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the hard part is uh, is finding that franchise quarterback. Am I confident that we have the right personnel guys here to do that? I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm not lacking confidence in them, um, but I, I do question if they have the aggressive approach that, a team led by Sean McVay does mm-hmm. uh, the Andy Reed types. These guys go out and attack success. Mm-hmm. And they're aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they see an opportunity, they go and get it. Mm-hmm. And I will that we don't know. We haven't seen what this, uh, what this regime can do. So I I'm anxiously uh, optimistic, op, uh, you know, and I'm, that's all you can be at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, if you're, putting it on a scale of one to 10, I'm still up high, uh, mm-hmm. eight, nine, uh, as far as confidence in this, uh, in this regime. Yeah. Tim, you're not going anywhere. You're definitely a diehard fan. I know that for sure. So you're feeling confident, yeah. Jason, right? Long story short. Yes or no. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right, yeah. Tony, what do you feel? How do you feel about the whole retirement of the jerseys? Is there any particular order you feel about, or do you think, are you, or how's your confidence in the whole team? Um, similar to, to Tim in terms of the order, I'm not particularly fussed about how they how they do it um I, I made some good points there about sort of familiarity with the, the current fan base just in terms of the organization um 
confidence isn't really shaken in, in Jason at, at this stage. Um, as we said, he's been there 12, 18 months. You've got to give any any regime much longer than that to work. The only the only doubts organisation that that I would have is does any regime have much of an opportunity or much of a chance with the current ownership? Well, that's something that's not going to change in the near future. So it's something that, uh, well, it's not going to change unless these emails are revealed and they reveal a lot more mm-hmm. <laughs> dodgy, dodgy information. But it, it, you end up in a vicious circle with, with bad organizations because they go from you know one regime to the next and the, the regime gets no time to bed in. And before you know where you are, the fans are demanding they get sacked and fired. And the next one comes in and they've got too many problems to address. And it just goes round and round and round. Um, so you've got to give you've got to give something time, um, but time is a commodity in this in this day and age in particular that is a is a rare commodity because people we live in a, a society now that's that's you know we live in extremes and we live in we want everything now. So you know I, th- I think that Jason Wright has, has been a breath of fresh air as far as I've been concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made mistakes, obviously. This weekend wasn't wasn't his finest hour, um, but to some extent, his hands were tied on that as well. So mm-hmm. I've not really got an issue with, with Jason Wright. I think they've made a lot of positive moves, not just with him, with with other people like Julie Donaldson and some of the other you know, backroom appointments in the last 12 months. So... But again, it's always slightly tempered by the fact that we know who sits above everybody. Um mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, I, but I, you know, I've certainly no no issues with the, with the current um, regime in terms of the guys they brought in in the last twelve months. No, hundred percent. And it's interesting. I don't know how you guys feel because we're all pretty diehard fans. I feel like Ron Rivera and Jason Wright are kind of my last glimmer of hope. Like I'm never going to leave mm-hmm. the team. That's just who I am. Like I'm just a diehard fan. I'll always be a diehard. Right. I live in Central Maryland. It's like Lamar Jackson. Like the stadium is like I'm here. 30 minutes to FedEx, 30 minutes to the Ravens stadiums, right? No, I'll never go to the Ravens stadium. Like, I'm a Washington fan forever. That's what I'm going to do. But it's like, it's just, we've been so messy. And it's like, you know, I, I do trust in Jason Wright. And I do trust in Ron Rivera. I want that stability. But I kind of see where Tim's coming from. Like, I, go, I would like that new age, that attack success mentality from a coach and have that fresh perspective. Um, mm-hmm. In a moment, um, Todd's going to talk about the football team. Keith, you can jump in and say whatever you like. Tim, you can hang out if you'd want to. If you have to go, you're more than welcome to. It's kind of. If you're hanging out, then cool. All right, cool. So, um, Keith and Trevor, then we'll get Todd on here. All right. Uh, so for yeah, me, yeah, just uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Keith. <laughs> no, 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 Trevor, right. you go, no, Trevor. For for the order of the Your retirement jerseys, <laughs> I don't have I don't have eyebrows like you though, dog. So, <laughs> nah, for the for the order of the retirement jerseys, I'm 34 years old. Um, I never got to really see Gary Clark play Art Monk, but I know what they mean to the organization. So, yeah, like, but the order doesn't really bother me. But I just don't know if there's a format for retiring jerseys or, like, a, a specific time limit. But this I think that... the first time we retired anyone. I don't, I don't know if you yeah. knew that. Yeah, like, we, I didn't know that. We've, we've hidden jerseys and kept them off the shelf where players can't actually use them. But we yeah. basically haven't retired. I think this is our first retired Washington jersey. Like, wow. I could be incorrect. You guys, Keith and Tim might know better than me, but I'm almost positive. Maybe one more. Maybe it was Bobby Mitchell or somebody. But we haven't retired Riggins or Daryl Greens or anyone else. This is... This is uncharted territory for Washington. Um, as far as confidence they have 10 in the minutes regime, to get on and off the field. Really? Wow. Well, how long is there a time limit to like plan a retirement? Or they just they can just do it whenever. Can they like uh, retire I mean, one next yeah, week I'm and then sure. a week after? You know. So but anyway, but my confidence in the regime. 
Um, I have a, I have extremely high confidence, and I'm just going back from training camp when I was there mm-hmm. this past summer with Tanya out there and Jason out there interacting with the fans and making you feel like you're an actual organization in the NFL and not just some outcast expansion team trying to, you know, be a part of the NFL league. So mm-hmm. that's why I have confidence because that never happened in the previous training camp years, even when I, I didn't go. And mm-hmm. this little debacle, I mean, it's a huge debacle, but it's not, it shouldn't define the the man and the, the people of positions as of who they are at that mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. I have great confidence that they'll recognize how bad of a job they did with this. And then the next one will be a thousand times better. I have that confidence. So, and no order in the jerseys either. So, yeah. And then one thing before I throw it over to you, Keith, one thing that I, maybe I'm, you know, kind of typecasting and have a small vision on things, but I feel like in regard to like the business side of the team, they're hiring, you know, up and coming, like, you know, 21, 22 year olds, interns, maybe out of the area living from New York and, you know, different parts of the country. Like, you know, this is their first opportunity to join the NFL. So they may be high, highly qualified in their talent, but they might not know the history of the Washington football team. And that might be the mixing gap that's happening. Right. So someone's like, Oh, let's retire Sean Taylor's Jersey. And they th- they have good intentions, but they are, they're missing that one component of the actual deep mm-hmm. history. Like everyone knows that how important Sean Taylor was, if you're a true fan, but if you were simply doing this as a job, you may not have considered that. So I think that's kind of where the missed opportunity was here. Um, Keith, want to jump on in? Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, you know, a lot of people give me hell about the whole fan ambassador thing. And I can understand why, because there's, you know, there's one thing that fans are looking for is transparency. That's been a huge issue for multiple years um me doing the ambassador thing i try to be transparent on some of the stuff that i'm working on or that the group is working on um you know and we've already had our first meeting with joey and uh some of the stuff that we're you know uh implementing is actually getting put out there the thing is is the team does a a piss poor job at actually promoting Mm-hmm. Right. That's one of the biggest problems. And I'm not sure why, because they have a social media team that's pretty on point now at this point. They are they're certain really things. So I'm not sure why they don't promote. But, um, you know, we are actually giving ideas that we're trying to help make some improvements when it comes to certain things. I just think that this is a program that is in its infancy stage. And if it continues, which I have no idea if it will if it continues and other people get on board, which I hope happens, you know, Mm -hmm. we can take a sit back. We were test rats for it, you know, but they can further along the program. I know a lot of people think it's a joke and it is what it is. I'm not even going to defend it. But what I will say is, is that we, that's how I do have the availability to whisper in a few people's ears. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, I'm 100% pushing for a Sean Taylor event at FedEx to happen. That'd be awesome. Um, I know a lot of fans are like, mm-hmm. I know the fans are like, damage is done, damage is done. Dude, da- damage damage gets done on Tuesday and on Wednesday we forget about it. I, mean, I, agree. I agree. I'm not saying that people are going to forget what happens. That's not my point. But my point is, is allow people to maybe correct it and give it mm-hmm. some time because this is going to be mm-hmm. something that needs to be planned out. But I guarantee you, if they did this for the fans and maybe had the opportunity to reinvite the family for an evening of just a Sean Taylor celebration, mm-hmm. yeah. it can happen. If they can make a laser light show happen <laughs> yeah. in the stadium like they yeah. did on August 6th, they can make this happen. And so that's currently what I'm advocating for. I have no idea if I can even make that happen, but that mm-hmm. is number one on my priority. So, yes, it there was go, a Keith, huge awesome. miss. 
Mm-hmm. Very nice. But again, two years ago, I was all about the guy who complains. This year, I'm all about the solutions because mm-hmm. I do want to see the people that are currently in office succeed. Oh, I'm tired geez. of saying Bruce Allen sucks. I'm tired of this. I know I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, I, so Keith is kind of like, I'm going to bring in a Todd in a second, Todd Pascal in a second from Tain Todd podcast. But yeah, I agree with you, Keith. I think um, I've heard some like murmurs and stuff from like, you know, Jason Wright from other people that they are going to continue to get more people involved in the whole hog farmer. Sorry, in the hog, I'm sorry. In the um, fan ambassador program to get more people involved, more input, get more stakeholders in, which I think is fantastic. And I just, you know, I think the story hasn't been written yet. I think we could definitely, um, you know, it's the story's not over. Like the NFL is very passionate. People get really interested in, um, in interested in the team. But you know, angry on Tuesday, happy on Wednesday. It's not all over yet, so we're all good. So before um, you introduce him, I just gotta say I gotta bounce you guys. Keith, good to see you. Tony, good to see you. George, good you to too, see man. you. Todd, Hi, amazing to see you, bro. <laughs> good to see you, I'll man. See you good guys to see later. You, again. you guys have a good one. Sounds good, brother. Take care, man. Trevor, care, I Trevor. always love you. Always. I always Even love you, too, Keith. I don't Keith. see you, Trev. I love you. All right. You need to bring back your food critics on Twitter, man. Your Twitter's kind yeah, of boring Yeah, those are funny, now. dude. Those are hilarious. Those are great. Back. Come on, Keith. All right. I mean, All right. Well, you know, hey, I'll give the people what they want. There we go. <laughs> All right. See you guys. All right. See you, brother. Okay, All right, look. so without further ado, I'm going to invite uh, Todd Pascal to the show. Um, pl- it's a pleasure to have Todd on here. So this is my first time ever meeting Todd. I've always kind of admired his work from afar. Um, he and I kind of have a very similar mentality. We're very, like, pragmatic. And, mm-hmm. like, we actually, like, we digest the team. We're like, all right, we understand where we're at nationally. We yep. kind of have a good scope of where we're at with the team. But I do like your takes. I'm really happy to have you on here, Todd. So um, what you missed out on, we talked about Sean Taylor, the whole, like, fiasco behind the scenes. I'm off the field, but like I just respect your opinion about on the field. Um, so Todd, what are you thinking, man? So obviously we're two and four, we're not looking too hot. Defense, bottom of the league. Um, what do you think's fundamentally wrong with the team? Like, you know, is there one thing that's a big issue? There's several things going on. It's like total revamp. Where are you at, bro? Let me know what's going on. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, George. It is nice to be talking to you because I do, you know, Twitter is like you've got the far extremes and then you've got the people right in the middle. I like to think I'm one of those. Keith has played both sides, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, George, uh, (laughs) I feel like uh, I feel like uh, I like to think I'm I'm somewhere around that area with you. So it's good to meet meet you over Zoom, and then good to see you again, Keith, and good to meet you as well, Tony. As far as the team, so I've kind of felt this way for a long time. I won't oversimplify, but I've my expectations going into the season were not as high as some others. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was at eight or nine when that's where I was. Kind of right, Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, Uh, but I've decided that ultimately, I mean, talk about head coach, talk about you know the players on the offense, on the defense, until they manage to get a franchise quarterback, I will have no expectations for this organization. There will be nothing but volatility. They may have a good year here or there, but there's going to be a lot more bad than good. There should be no reason to expect playoffs, expect playoff wins, Super Bowls, expect more than 10 wins, which they haven't mm-hmm. done, as, I think, since I've been alive. So <laughs> as far as the organization, I'm much more on that train. And I posted a video today, me and Tay talked about in our latest episode, went on a, a little rant unexpectedly. But you look <laughs> at head coaches and you look at franchise quarterbacks and you see the best is when you have both of them. Mm-hmm. But when you lose the franchise quarterback, that's when you tend to have more struggles than when you lose the head coach. I agree. So 
that's kind of where that that's where I'm at. Like I, I'm it, it, the quarterback question is 60% of the problem in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now I agree with you and I'm going to pass it over to Tony and Keith to jump in, but um, I agree with you, man. I think uh, Washington was kind of caught in a weird spot this year, right? We're unexpectedly seven and nine. Mm-hmm. We won the division, right. you know, higher expectations for the team. And what it was kind of like, they're trying to build the ship all kind of, you know, riding on the boat as well. They were like, all right, we're going to get these big free agents, William Jackson, Curtis Samuel, Fry Fitzpatrick. We're going to rebuild the team and kind of go with a youth movement, but also basically kind of win now at the same time. I think, you know, my personal opinion is that like Ron, I, I like Ron Rivera. I'm a Ron Rivera advocate. And I was, I did like Jack Del Rio. I'm kind of surprised with him now, but I think they kind of overcompensated for their coaching, right? They're like, you know what? We can get rid of Morgan Moses. We can get these different rookies and kind of bring them in. And we're going to try to develop them and try to see if we can do this. But I think they kind of mismanaged what of a process it would be. And I think they're kind of like reaping the negative effects from it right now. Um, Tony, you want to jump on in or Keith, what are you thinking? Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was just gonna. Oh, just agree. Let Tony, he's got a beautiful accent. He does have a beautiful accent. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not so sure about that, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's different in Ireland as well. They don't like it. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I'd written down to discuss uh, that Todd touched on already is 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 the quarterback thing, and you, you know, you, the rest of your team has got to be exceptional to contend on a regular basis without a top top five, top ten level quarterback. Uh, now I've been a fan of the team for nearly 40 years now, and you know in that time we had Joe Theismann for a few years, uh, you know Mark Rip and Doug Williams for a couple of seasons, and and that's just about it really. We've had a hodgepodge of God, I mean how long is that list since 1999 of, of 20 or 30 odd starting quarterbacks? So yeah, I fully agree until that's addressed. So that that that's bigger picture, bigger picture stuff, small picture stuff. Sort of in terms of where we are now. I mean, obviously, the defense is underachieved this year from where it, from where it was expected to be. Um, whether the expectations were too high, clearly, perhaps they were because of you know some of the some of the uh, feasting on poorer opposition last year. But but you know, football to a certain extent is is about complementary football as well. And if the defense isn't performing and isn't getting off the field, it's putting more pressure on the offense. The offense is getting you know we're having to play from behind consistently. So kind of one thing leads to another and, and problems then lead to, to more problems. Um, you know, this season, obviously, as well. Now, with the injury bug starting to bite for us as well. Um, you know, the, the, the ground off season plans that we touched upon earlier on uh, went out the window in the first quarter of the first game or the second quarter, whenever it was that Fitzpatrick went down. Mm-hmm. Curtis, Samuel, Curtis Samuel hasn't made a meaningful contribution in, in six games. Um, and, and William Jackson, you know, so far is disappointed now, whether he's being utilised in the way that suits his strengths is another question um but again he's part of the general defensive malaise that we have particularly you know in the secondary or certainly the the um you know the the back seven so there's a lot of problems uh, there's not one answer um but the biggest answer of all and again i think it's kind of what todd said already the biggest one of all is find that quarterback because when you do that that addresses it just seems to happen so often in other teams that when that happens for some reason a lot of the other problems seem to fade into the background. So, I agree know. with you, Tony. I think Todd kind of started us off on the right foot, right? Without a franchise quarterback, it's kind of a flash in the pan. You can't have that consistent success. And he's exactly right. Like, obviously, I think I think it's pretty renowned that Bill Belichick is one of the best you know coaches of all time. We are starting to see that regression without Tom Brady, right? Granted, he developed right, Tom right. Brady and kind of worked with him, but we are starting to see that, um, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of having that coach on the field and missing that component. Um, Keith, real quick, what do you got? What do you think about the team? What's what's the flaw with Washington football? 
Yeah, you guys are 100% correct on the quarterback issue. It's the reason why and how I've built my Twitter as to why I always talk about the quarterback position and nothing else. Because let's just be honest, I don't know shit about any of the other positions. <laughs> I don't pay attention to that because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been playing Madden with my 10-year-old. So, you know, I'm polishing up on my quarter dime nickel you know, uh, type defenses. So don't worry, fellas. Okay, I'm going to okay. be coming with the knowledge the soon. Eight. Got you, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That hit stick, juke and jaw. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> all jokes aside, though, like it's why I focus on the quarterback position because it's the one thing that this that, that this team has never really had, honestly, since Joe Theismann. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had guys come in for a couple years that were successful. Yes, they got us some Super Bowls and – you know, uh, that's fantastic, but we've never had, you know, a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, someone who's lasted for a long period of time to at least help us, you know, continue to be competitive. The quarterback position is the most important, you know, position. So it's the reason why I focus so much on it. You know, expectations wise, you know, I, I'm, I'm with them. I mean, I've, I said, you know, even earlier in the offseason, at best, we're a six win team. Mm-hmm. At, or I'm sorry, at best, we're a nine win team. At worst, we're mm-hmm. a six win team. And that's where the expectations. But like every offseason, what happens is, is we start bringing in some of these, you know, different guys. And then you've got people who hype these guys up and, you know, which very well they might deserve. I'm not here to say that people were wrong for feeling the way they did about Will Jackson III or Bobby McCain, you know, mm-hmm. because they were, you know, had some success with their previous teams. But you got to be careful because you could be a great player, but if you have a coaching staff that has a shit scheme, that player's not going to excel. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this happen over the years. You know, I mean, I'm just going to throw out a crazy name here, but you had Jeremiah Trotter, who was a beast for the Eagles. He was. Come over to the Redskins, and, and he was awful. Right? And he went but back to the Eagles. Was... Is he actually went back to the Eagles and was actually successful. So mm-hmm. that proves that coaching is a huge part of this as well. And mm-hmm. there's a flaw within our coaching staff. We just haven't figured out who it is yet. We've so, seen some bright spots with Scott Turner. We've seen some bright spots. I felt like we had some bright spots on our defense this last game, mm-hmm. but again, not enough to win. And that's that's where we're at. And, and a lot of this has to – fans have to be rational – when we put this team on a pedestal because it's been 25 plus years of losing we got it we we need a reality check and we need to, to to focus the problem is is you've got folks who are impatient okay the older generation is impatient and mm-hmm. now why things seem worse than they are right now is because the older generation are saying the same shit that i said three four years ago where i'm sick of constantly losing well now guess what the the uh, younger generation, they're fed the fuck up over this. So exactly. Let me jump in real quick. Now, how do we make changes? Now, I got you. So I'm going to try to squeeze in one, maybe two more questions before it's all said and done. I do think all of you guys are on the right path, and I agree with you. I think um, in order for a team to be successful, you need that big combination, the continuity of a GM, a coach, and a quarterback that you would believe in, right? And if you believe in that quarterback, you insulate them with talent and kind of build around them. Washington has, as like you know, 
Todd kind of alluded to that. And Keith, you alluded to the whole like short attention span here in Washington. What happens is every year or two, we're trying to run people out of town. We're trying to get, whether it's Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. or RG3 or Kyle Shanahan or Ron Rivera now, Jason Wright. Whenever, like every couple of years, we are trying to get rid of one missing component of that triad and things are falling apart. And I do think we need all those components to be successful. Um, so my next question, um, I want to ask, I'm going to start off with Todd. We'll kind of work around our, our circle again. What is your confidence in Taylor Heineke, right? How do you feel about him moving forward? And then what what is your game plan? If you were the head coach, what would you do for the quarterback next year? Would you look at a veteran, like an established veteran? Mm-hmm. Would you go mid-tier Derek Carr, go big Deshaun Watson, or push up for the draft? And i like to hear all that. So, Todd, you're more of a college guy than me. If you have any college prospects, drop them too. So, you're up, Todd. What do you got? I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, so... Let's talk about Taylor Heineke. Okay. I, I would love for him to be on the team for the next 10 years, honestly, okay. because I think he is a high-level backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I, I think he is. Yep. I just think he can – and I think he plays his best ball from behind when he needs to kind of be the hero. I think mm-hmm. it's the being the starter and having to get into a rhythm, that's what kind of throws him off. So I like Heineke. There was, you know, you always were starved. There was always that moment where you want to see, do we have something special? No, we don't. We have mm-hmm. a very good backup, so by mm-hmm. all means, let's keep him around. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. In terms of quarterback and what I want the, them to do, uh, they you talked about the the head coach, the GM, and the quarterback, and I, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. As always, mm-hmm. George, and I believe that though they kind of did an inverse of that with the head coach and then the GM, I think they yep. have the best front office structure they've ever had here. I agree for a very very long time, at least. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> As Dan Snyder, it was Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato lording over everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vinny, I don't even know what Vinny Serrato was. It's a football person. team, man. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you had Bruce Allen and Mike Shanahan, and Bruce Allen was not a good GM. And then he got promoted to president, and then he was lording over the football operations while still not being good at it. But now you have real football people. And you have a head coach who can actually, like, we always worry about, will the front office mesh with the head coach? Because that was kind mm-hmm. of a problem with Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. But now the head coach runs the front office, so you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about that. I think they have the best structure. Mm-hmm. Now they just have to get the quarterback. And for me, I am not interested in any quarterback whose name doesn't start with first round and his last name isn't draft pick. Okay, I That's love it. All that I care <laughs> there about. you go, man. Cool. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> so, Todd, real quick. Means- so, freeze for one second. So, like, I brought – for me – I've been on the record for saying, dude, I don't care if you send a huge package mm-hmm. to go all the way up to the top for a first round draft. Right. Like, I don't mind that at all. Right. Is there like, what about people when they say like, it's a weak draft class that do you agree to that? Mm-hmm. Are you scared away? Are you, you know, it doesn't really matter because you can just like, right. if you put them in the right system, it's going to work. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. I, so I don't think it's a weak draft class because yeah. the strong draft class, the strong draft classes are typically the ones where you say there's like, you know, five first round potential guys. And yep. then often you'll have a first surefire uh, first overall guy. So you don't have the Trevor Lawrence this year. And that's the main reason why you say, you know, you had Trevor Lawrence, you had Justin Fields, you mm-hmm. had Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. But when I look at the guys that are there this year, you don't have a Trevor Lawrence, but mm-hmm. I think you have two through four. I mm-hmm. like, I think you have a, a guy like Kenny Pickett, who I really mm-hmm. like from Pitt, who I think is your Zach Wilson potential type of riser. I think you have Malik Willis at Liberty, who is your Trey Lance type of he's raw, but he's got crazy tools. Mm -hmm. So let's see what we can do with him like Trey Lance. I think in Justin Fields, you've got a Sam Howe who came into the year kind of expecting to be QB1 or QB2. He's been fine. He lost a lot of weapons. He's going to run for like over 800 rushing yards. while still probably throwing for. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. He's probably still going to throw for 30 touchdowns. 
So I think he's kind of like your Justin Fields where people are going to overthink him because he didn't he didn't keep going up, but he's kind of leveled gotcha. out, which is okay. Um, and then you have uh, you have a couple other guys. I'm trying to uh, Desmond Ritter is, is the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then Matt Corral is probably from all. I love Matt Corral. Matt Corral like is growing on me and for real. Him. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's love good. him exactly. Mm-hmm. I think I think you've got more risers this year than you did mm-hmm. last year. Last year, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson were your risers. This year, you've got Kenny Pickett, you've got uh, Matt Corral, and then obviously Spencer Rattler falling off kind of threw things off. So. For me, by all means, yeah, it's possible to find a quarterback after the first round, but mm-hmm. it's extremely unlikely. The further you go from the first overall pick, the less likely mm-hmm. you are to find your quarterback. Statistically, so, yeah. It's yeah. Statistically, yeah. Like, literally, yeah. Just the, I've done way too <laughs> much work studying this and the percentages, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. for me, best case, uh, the best thing that could probably happen this year as they continue to rebuild, which they are, last year fooled us, they are mm-hmm. rebuilding, mm-hmm. Uh, is to just don't have – don't have a, a year that's almost good enough to make the playoffs, but miss it. Mm. And don't have, uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, don't have that. You gotta bottom either out. win, either bottom out or trade up. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Miss it, either miss bottom it, bottom out or like, like win, but yeah, exactly. Don't, don't land in the middle again. Just no do what land. you should have done last year, which was go f- win five games, have the fifth pick and then move from there. So gotcha. for me, that's what, that's what the plan is. I don't want to hear about any, anybody's sloppy <laughs> seconds. I'm sick of the sloppy seconds. Don't want to, uh, I want a first round quarterback. <laughs> gotcha, man. I love it. All right. So let's do this. We'll do Tony and Keith and we'll wrap it up and get us under an hour. So, um, you know, Tony, we'll start off with you, man. How do you feel about Heineke moving forward? What is your perspective on a quarterback, you know, for the next couple of years? What do you want to do? Yeah, just quickly on Heineke, because I think we've discussed him a few times on here. My, my take on him hasn't changed at all. I think he's, you know, he is what he is at this stage. Um, he's going to he's gonna have some decent games. He's going to have some poor games. Teams have got film on him now, so they're taking away a lot of the things that he likes to do. Um, yeah, and he is a good backup quarterback, but he's not, you know, he's a break glass in case of emergency. Bring him on and you know, for some heroics, but you're, not, you're never going to build a team around him. We said that from week one or week two when he first came on the field. Um, you know, his performance has been like that mm-hmm. ever since. Um, so that's what it is. Um, just in terms of the future of the quarterback position, I, I never have a problem with the idea of trading the farm to get somebody, you know, to move to the, the top five because, you know, we discussed it the last off season and all you heard about was, well, we can't trade away any of our, you know, any of our best assets and, um, you know, where's it, you know, where's that got us now? Um, so for, for me, for me, there's virtually everybody that's tradable, um, to get that, to get that quarterback. Um, and we have, you know, we've had 30 years or whatever it is of, of not having one. Um, we have to now take any steps, any and every step available to get that face of the franchise. Um, you know, we're not going to get Deshaun Watson, or we're not going to get, you know, late career Aaron Rodgers. So, and, it, and it, you know, it is a gamble because we've ha- how many first round quarterbacks have we picked in the last few years? You know, we've had, we've had Hask. You know, you've got to keep buying the tickets, haven't you? So we've had Haskins, we've had RG three. You know, all the way back to Heath Shuler, Jason, um, the, the Campbell, Campbell, all those other, you know, Jason Campbell, all those other first round quarterbacks. I think it's is it five or six first round quarterbacks we've taken in the Patrick last. Ramsey. 30 years yeah Yeah. and 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 there's not a there's not a one of them i mean the most successful quarterback we've had in the last quarter century is kurt cousins who was a fourth round pick and we ran him out of town so (laughs) you know (laughs) no you're exactly right you're exactly right um all right keith bring it on home man how are you feeling about heineke moving forward what do you well let me say one thing before we go over to keith 
I would be shocked if Washington doesn't make a drastic major move at quarterback over the yeah. offseason. And I think it yeah. would just it just makes perfect sense on and off the field. New name, right. you know, potentially even dropping where the new stadium is going to be, new quarterback, new era. I think that's going to be the angle they're going to try to work. So I do I I kind of foresee yeah. a rookie trade up is what I kind of see in the first round. That's mm-hmm. what I'm guessing, but you never know. So Keith, what do you think, man? How do you feel about Heineke and how do you feel about our quarterback situation moving forward? What do you want to do? I can't hear you. Are you are you muted right now? Yeah, that's my fault. There you go. Um, okay. <laughs> I think with I think with I think with the Heineke situation, um, I think we got the answers that we were looking for. You know, a lot of people were on the Heineke yeah. bandwagon because of that playoff game, um, and you know he got his opportunity. He's just not a starting quarterback. There's no question in my mind that when Fitzpatrick comes back, he's going to finish out this season as long as he stays mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, as far as, uh, I, I mean, I, I sitting here and I'm like, man, I really want to disagree with someone just so I can make this a Stephen A. Smith yell session, but, <laughs> um, I really can't because you know how it is every single year, every year people say the draft class is weak, right? Um, right. but then what happens is, is you have one or two quarterbacks that actually emerge out of nowhere where people haven't heard of them and they're actually on the market. All eyes are on them. The same thing is going to happen this season. I'm actually seeing it a little early this year, but that's probably because there's nothing really else to focus on when it comes to our team. So, you know, I appreciate guys like Todd who actually know college because I don't really pay attention to it. Um, You know, George, you know as well too. So, like, you know, you guys come out with perspectives that, you know, I actually just pay attention to but keep to myself. I know Mm -hmm. my lane and college ain't it. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you're the Washington football team, and you've got a guy that you think can change the way that your team is currently playing now and can be a leader, you do absolutely what it takes to do that. A lot of people gave hell about trading three first rounds for, you know, RG3, but during that time frame, that was supposed to be the guy. And before his injury, it looked like he could potentially be there. RG3 wasn't lights out his rookie year. You know, he struggled the first, you know, seven games, but then – as a team, they all, you know, just rallied together and no. he was just making unbelievable plays that got us to where we were at. Mm-hmm. So it seemed right. like that we were on our way to something. And I think that that's what we need as fans right now is to uh, go aggressive, get our guy. I prefer it to be a rookie over a vet just because we need somebody that can breathe some life back into this I organization. Agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, so guys, I really appreciate that. So that's some good conversations here. And guys, honestly, all day long, this whole conversation was great. Keith, thank you for being on the entire podcast, man, giving us a shot to that perspective. Uh, Todd, I love your football perspective. You definitely got to come back on here again. Um, let's kind of close. Yeah, definitely, man. So let's kind of close it all down real quick. So um, Todd, we'll start off with you. Uh, you know, share your socials. What kind of work are you working on up to, you know, up these days? Like, What are you up to these days? What's going on? So, yeah, you know, Tay and Todd podcast or Tay at Tay and Todd podcast. Uh, I'm trying to just keep the film breakdown stuff going as much as possible. Game Pass and their updates make it so difficult, (laughs) but I'm doing what I can. So on YouTube, subscribe. The quarterback film breakdown happens every week except for one week. And then um, we're trying to do some more stuff in terms of defensive stuff and just kind of show, you know, for now what's going wrong more, but just show what's happening, period. So if you search Tay and Todd on Twitter or um, podcast or YouTube, there should only be one. 
Very good. Awesome. And Todd, honestly, I, I watch them. I really appreciate your work. I know like, just me doing a content, con, you know, content creator, I know how much work that mm -hmm. is. So de definitely, man, good job with that and good eye on that, man. So good for <laughs> appreciate you, bro. Appreciate that. You know, doubt, man. That. So um, Keith, you know, tell them where they can find you, what you're all about. I don't want anybody finding me. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. Look, you can find me on Twitter at KGSkins26. Uh, I also uh, do a podcast. It's not as nearly as good as this one, gentlemen. Sorry. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But, yeah, we do Bleeding Burgundy. We just, you know, uh, we just like to have fun on that one, and I pretend like I have football knowledge. Uh, you can also uh, catch me fan ambassadoring, even though everyone thinks that that's fake as hell. Um, and more importantly, uh if you got any money, go ahead and donate to uh, the Hog Farmers, uh, hogfarmerscharity.org. Um, we're always uh, looking for assistance so we can, you know, help put some smiles on some kids' faces, man, where their families are just dealing with pediatric cancer, and it sucks. And honestly, truthfully, if anybody asks out of everything that you're doing, Keith, what do you enjoy the most? Yeah, I, I don't care about looking goofy at games, man. It's all about those kids. And I'm happy that I've gotten the opportunity to be able to give back. So I appreciate y'all letting me on your show and talk about it. Definitely, brother. You and I have definitely nice. talked offline. I know how meaningful and impactful that is for you. So congratulations. I'm glad you're enjoying it. So awesome. Tony, what about you? Man? Where can I find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on, on Twitter at, at Tony J. Wheat. Uh, obviously, do this podcast uh with you george and, and and the guys that come on here which is which is great fun look i've loved the podcasting never never done it before this year mm -hmm. um and uh obviously i'm a contributor for full press coverage washington i uh, probably should do more um <laughs> i've still got to write up my my weekend from the nfl game in europe uh in london at the weekend but i'm still recovering from it even to, even today on wednesday so um <laughs> it was a long it was a long weekend but a fun weekend yeah, Tony, definitely write about that. We'll talk about that on our next podcast. And, uh, yeah, no worries. And guys, so bringing on home, I'm George Carmi at GCarmi21, host of the Washington Football Podcast, or sorry, Full Press Coverage Washington Podcast. I'm also mm -hmm. a contributor to our main webpage. So thank you for everything, guys. If you're listening, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye, guys. Cheers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.